scripture Frank has asked me to read to you, and I will be going to my New King James Version. It's in 3 John. It's just one verse, but you can turn there and stand with me one more time. Get the blood flowing, and it's going to stay flowing. If you've ever been here when Frank has preached before, he's, he's a mover and a shaker. I pray... I pray he's moving us for the Lord. So it's 3 John, and it's only one chapter, so it's verse 11. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. Amen. So he will be down, and if that's in your way, Frank, just let me know. We'll move Deb's walker a little bit, but we can bring a rostrum out to the, the rostrum. She's from Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. And she says, I like his spirit. Okay. Which is God's spirit, right? Yeah. I'm not going to let her fall asleep then. Nope. I was a little disappointed with the children's story. You know why? Because she pretty much said what I'm going to say. <laughs> so I'm like, you didn't leave anything for me to say. But I do want to ask you one question. Did God answer Job's question? I want you, I want you to listen to what I'm going to say because sometimes I play this little game. Excuse me for giving you my back. I play this little game with, my, with our children. You know, children come up to you and they ask you things. They talk to you about things. So what I say is like, why? And then they'll make the next statement. And I'll say, why? And then they'll make the next statement. And again, I'll say, why? He knows. He's like, Bobby, you know, why do I do that? I do that to see if they will process the information that's being given to them. Or are they quick to jump up and raise their hand and right away, I haven't even finished saying what I'm saying to them. And right away, they're already giving me back the answer. And they didn't even get half of the information that they needed in order to answer the question, why? So I'm going to give you a hint. Okay? God did answer Job's question. But in what way? How? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Hold on. How did he answer the question? See, that's the tricky part. I'm going to ask you again at the end. And since you were the first one to come out and actually say, or give an answer, I'm going to come to you first. Okay? So let me open this up really quick. Oh, by the way, this is not a sermon. This is a study. So I'm going to keep you a little longer. Is that okay? It, it doesn't matter. You don't have a choice. 
<laughs> but I just want you to know, and this study technically is not really about Job. It's about us. Okay. Now let's see if this thing works. Okay. I was kind of torn with the sermon title, okay, between why ask why and where were you, okay? I was kind of torn, so I put both of them up there, and you will see that as I continue, it will fluctuate between one and the other, okay? See the top question? Now remember what I said. I want you to process Okay, look at the question. What do blessings and curses have in common? I don't think this clicker is working, but I am going to continue with it. Okay, because it already gave you the answer. Okay, that wasn't supposed to happen. But anyway, do you see that, right? Please, can we pray really quick? Dear Heavenly Father, I'm thankful that the technology is working. But Lord, I ask you that it works correctly because this is really important, Lord. If not, let the glory go to you anyway, Lord. We ask you in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, unexpected, un unannounced. When we go through life, Okay, things happen, right? We, we heard about this unfortunate accident with this couple. And there are other things that happen as we go through life. Okay? Now, I want to ask you a question. How would you like that if right before something was to happen to you, you will get an email or a text. For instance, let's say before your car broke down or you got into an accident, you will get a text or an email saying, hey, your car is going to break down at this time and at this place. Think about that. Okay? Here's another one. How about when you're right about getting ready to get sick or something was going to happen to you health-wise, that you will get a text or an email. Okay, what about this one? What about this one? What about right before God was going to call you? Think about this for a minute, that you will get an email. That you will get a text. Hey, uh, Frank, um, I just wanted to let you know that you will not wake up tonight. Or you will not wake up tomorrow. Okay? I, I want you to, I want you to uh, process that. Okay? The question that most people have asked God for thousands of years is still being asked today. We get into these conversations with family, with friends, and even strangers. Because think about it, even when you're in the elevator, 
okay? You talk to people. When you're walking down the street, you talk to people and stuff like that. And you hear, you know what? You know, people say that there's a God, right? If there's a God, why? Why? And you know what? We seem to ask that question quite often. Now, I want you to look at what it says there. It says, one thing that we all need to understand is that God seldom gives answers. Rather, he gives what? Solutions, right? And then we're going to explore that as we continue. Because a lot of times, we waste time asking God, why, Lord? Job. Did you know, by the way, that when I looked at that for the first time, I thought it was Job? <laughs> you know? Why, Lord? Why? And then the other thing is like, why is it happening to me? Why couldn't it happen to her? Why couldn't it happen to him? Why me, Lord? God is in the business of giving you solutions, okay? Now, I'm going to give you this example. And let's say one morning I come here with my family, right? And when I come here with my family, I come in, I give my presentation. Ben comes running in and he says to me, hey, Frank, they stole your car. I was like, what? They stole your car. Okay. Now I know that the answers are already up there, but I'm going to go through them really quick. He says, what would it benefit me to find out why someone stole my car? Would it really benefit me to know why? Okay. Look at the reasons. Would it help me to know that this person was not breastfed? that they had absent parents, that he was beaten by his grandmother, that he grew up without much, and that they, he had an addiction to sustain. I mean, those things are good and dandy, but they do not, what? Help my situation, right? If someone came and told me why, I would say thanks, but you're not helping. Think about it. Are they helping? I mean, I got answers, but did I get the right answer? No, it doesn't help, right? I don't want answers. I rather have solutions, okay? Now, Frank, someone stole your car. That is a good thing or a bad thing? It's a bad thing, right? Okay. But here's a good thing. What if they were to come in to tell me, hey, Frank, they stole your car. Bad thing. 
guess what? I got it back. But not just that I got it back, okay? But something even better, okay? That's what Christ did. Okay? And we're going to talk a little bit more about what was it that Christ did that resembled that. Now look, Ben says to me, Frank, you drove in here in a pacer. Do you guys know what a pacer is? If you do, you're dating yourself. Okay? Because at the beginning, I had to look up the picture to remember what a pacer looks like because I was really young. And Ben says to me, Frank, you drove in here. You and your family drove in here in a pacer. Though it was a nice pacer, right? But it was still a pacer. I don't know about you guys, but a pacer was not known for being a luxury car. It wasn't something that, you know, people were like, you know, when I grow up, I want to have a pacer. That's not something that people, uh, people said. What happened? You know? Oh, that was about all the names that I heard. Okay? But, but here's the thing. Ben says, Frank, I know that you drove in here in that, but I'm going to do you one better. Stay there. He said, I'm going to bring you, or I brought you, a 1964 Aston Martin BD5. If you guys know anything about this car, they go for $25 million. Okay? That is my favorite car. Okay? So here it is. I drove in in this. Okay? My car was stolen, but I got something better. So picture it in your mind. That's what Jesus Okay? All right? Just, just hold on to that. Okay? Now, I'm going to ask you guys to do something that's a little hard. I'm going to ask you guys to think. Okay? process. Okay? I want you to think. I want you to process before I show you the next picture. Okay? Right? Think about everything that we've spoken about up until this point. Think about what was said during the children's story. And think about the fact that God is in the business of not giving us answers. He's in the business of giving us what? Solutions. We're on point so far. Are you ready? Okay. Who is this? This is Job. Okay. He sounds like one of my kids. Look at his arms. Look at his head. Look at his body language. Okay, if I was to, to ask you, what do you think he's doing, or what do you think he's saying, what would it be? Why, why? why right? Because he's got that kind of posture. He's like, really, Lord? Really? Okay. Why is this happening to me? Why this? Why now? Why me? And all we hear from the other side is... Crickets. 
absolutely no answer. Okay, something's wrong with the slide, but that E should go next to the C. Okay. But do you, do you understand where we're going? Do you understand how we waste time asking God, though there is no such thing, and I tell my kids this all the time, there is no such thing as a bad question. There isn't, okay? All questions are good questions. Why? Because they're asked so that that way you can receive information, okay? But instead of asking why, we should be more in the business of asking God to give us solutions to whatever it is that we're going through. Because we're all going through something, amen? amen? Some of us are going through more than one thing. Some of the things that we're going through may be small things. Some others could be really, really, did I say really? Really, big things, okay? I remember somebody um, saying earlier today about their keys and how they kicked their keys and they didn't fall in the drain and went somewhere else, but they were still able to get their keys. Okay, to that person, that was important because if it went, fell in the drain, by the way, it has happened to me. My work vehicle keys. I work for FedEx, by the way. Um, time for us, our, our motto is the world on time. So time to us is really important. Or it could be where you got into an accident and unfortunately um, someone exited. Okay, so it could be various things. You can lose your home or you can be evicted or, or you know what, you're due to have double bypass like one of my friends from work. Um, and he asked me to pray for his father. I mean, there are different things, okay? Three things that I want to talk to you about today in regards to this whole thing. And believe it or not, I'm almost done. I didn't think that it was going to be this, this quick, but the children's story really helped me a lot. Okay? There are three things, three points that I want to talk to you guys about. Okay? Here are three things that we get twisted when the crickets are chirping, okay? It says, we confuse God's silence with his what? Absence. You know, we're, we're, telling, we're asking, we pray to God, we pray to God, we pray to God, we pray to God, and crickets. We pray to God, we pray to God, we pray to God, and crickets. And then it gets to the point that we get what? We get what? Discouraged, we get frustrated, Okay, wait a minute, you do, you do what? You give up. Okay, you give up. What happened? You give up and you do something bad? Oh, you do something bad. Okay, you're going to explain to me later, okay? <laughs> me and you, later on, okay? I got you. Okay? But do you see what I'm talking about? We give up. <coughs> God is not required to answer our questions. He doesn't answer to us. We what? Now, now here's, here's something really powerful. You ready? You got me? 
we're here, right? I'm here. Listen, okay? Let's just say for the sake of arguments, okay, that God would tell you why. We good? For the sake of argument, we're going to say that God did tell us what? Why? Here's the thing. Who's to say that you're going to be able to understand what God tells you? Do you see what I'm saying? So there is that whole thing again of understanding or I know why, but do I understand? The last time I checked, you and I both, we have something in common. We are finite creatures with finite minds, right? And we are not able to discern spiritual things, right? Are you, we on the same page? Okay, so what difference would it make if God would, okay, let me stop the world from spinning, okay, and let me come over and hold your hand and explain to you why this is happening, even though you may not be able to understand, okay? Now look, 1 Corinthians 13.12, 1 Corinthians 13.12 says two things, two things, okay? And if someone can please go to it, 1 Corinthians 13.12, I want you to read it for me, but I want you to read it slowly, because we just don't want to read, we want to what? Process. Now, who said understand? Who said understand? Okay, now here's the thing. If you don't process, you can't understand. Okay? If you don't understand, you can't learn. And if you can't learn, you cannot retain. And if you cannot retain, you cannot share with others. Okay? Stay, stay tuned. That's for part two. What does it say? It says, for now we see through a glass. What? Darkly or dimly. Let's stop right there for a minute. Why is that? Why is it that we're looking through a glass dimly? We're fine. Why else? We're in a simple world. We cannot understand. Could it be that maybe even though I'm wearing my glasses, I still see blurry? Okay. Now, we're, we're all trying to process this whole thing a while. Should I really be asking God why? Okay, because I might not be able to what? Understand or see clearly. What's the second part? Somebody else, was, somebody else um, said something. Who else wanted to read? There was another person that started reading. What, what does this, the second part say? She said, but now I know in part. What does that mean? What does that mean? That I'm only going to know what? Some. So I'm only going to get part or some of the information. So am I going to be able to arrive at the right conclusion if I only understand part? No. What's going to happen is I'm going to go off in a different direction. Right? How does a GPS work? Does anybody know? How does a GPS work? A satellite. A satellite. What, what, what do you need to have in order for the GPS to work correctly? Yes, sir. Uh, it's a quad uh, triangulation. So when you say 
try. What does that mean? Three. The GPS, okay, needs two out of the three positions in order for it to triangulate the, the, uh, the direction or the address that you're looking for. So it needs three points. If you do not have those, it cannot give you um, the directions that you need. Do you understand? In part, we need all three, okay? Okay, in order for us to see, we need to see clearly. We cannot see what? Dimly or blurry, okay? Can I move on from this now? Okay, so he doesn't answer to us, we answer to him. He is committed to provide us with solutions, not answers to our questions. Now, Jesus, let's talk about Jesus for a minute. Jesus came, he took two steps down. So that that same cricket that I put up there, he took two steps down, so he became a cricket for us. If we were to make a, 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 a how do I say this, a comparison between what he had to do and us. He took two steps down. We were made lower than the angels. Okay, so he came to earth, took two steps down. What did he do next? He what? He humbled himself, okay, but he led a perfect life. He did what? He, he served and he died for us, right? And then he did what? He rose again after three days, right? Okay, so look, in doing so, he provides a solution for pain, for pain, what? Look, look up there. For pain? Permanently. Why? Because he paid the price. He took our place. Okay? Okay? He may not, it may not happen today, it may not happen tomorrow, but the solution has already been what? Given by Christ. Do we understand that? We're on the same page. We're good. Does anybody disagree? You sure? Okay. And that's a statement. Okay? God gives us solutions, not answers. We good? So if you remember anything about this, remember that God does not give us answers. He gives us solutions. So don't ask why. Don't ask why. Because if you get cricket, then you understand why, right? You understand why? That word seems to get thrown around a lot. Okay? Number two. We do and say things that don't help others. Okay? We do and say things that don't help others. Especially when others are going through what? Pain. For some reason, that's when we seem to say stuff and to hurt people the most. Now, let, let me give you an example. My wife was eight months pregnant. How many of you have children here? Okay, now you tell me, is it appropriate for someone to walk up to a woman that's eight months pregnant to say to her, wow, you've gained quite a considerable amount of weight. Okay, so my question is, what good is that? My, my mom, she had this saying, Frank, sometimes the best word is a word not said. Okay? It sounds better in Spanish. Okay? 
But do you see what I'm talking about? That sometimes, and you know what? It's really difficult because, bless your hearts, especially with men, when, a, when their wife comes to them with some kind of issue, the first thing that we want to do is try to what? Fix it. Mm, we want to fix it. But all they really want is for us to listen. Okay? Thank you, Lord Jesus. So far, so good. Do you understand what I'm saying? I think that men really are from Venus and women are from Mars. But praise God that we, 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 we'll be able to work it out somehow. Okay? All right? So here's the thing. These are presuppositions, assumptions that we bring into our experience with God. Now, you notice how it says our experience, not the person's experience? So there's another issue. We're looking at ourselves, and well, I went through this and A, B, C, and D, but is it really about us? It's really about the person, right? We're trying to help someone, right? Okay, so two way. You're not helping friends, Christians, etc. when we equate God's goodness to our prosperity. In other words, God is good if things are. Remember what happened with the Jewish nation and why primarily they were having an issue with Jesus. Okay? And how they treated each other. Okay? They treated each other badly. Okay? Why did they treat each other badly? Can anybody give me an example from the Bible? Can anybody? Hmm? Okay, let me, let me. Well, anybody else? Yeah, that's a good one. Anybody else has another one? Do you remember what they did? Remember how they treated each other? Do you remember the time when Jesus healed someone? Yeah, I'll give you an example. I'm going to. Uh, there was a man that was born blind from what? birth. How old was he? Does anybody know? I believe that the spirit of prophecy says that he was about 38 years old. So he spent up to that point all his life he wasn't able to see. Okay? So here's this man. Here's Jesus. His disciples. And one of them I'm thinking at this point that it was probably Peter. Well, I'm not sure, but Peter, like me, he has a tendency of getting himself into trouble. Um, I don't know if it's because of my name, but, <laughs> but anyway, one of them turns to him and says, Rabbi, whose sin was it? Was it, was it the, the parents or was it, you know... I would like to think for the most part that Jesus had a, he had an odd sense of humor. In order to deal with these men, and mind you, these were unlearned men, okay? So there were certain quirks about them, like there are certain quirks about us, right? We're no different. Okay, I would say that we're worse because at least we have the Bible to go by, and we still wind up messing everything up. Did I say messing everything up? Yeah. Okay. So Jesus says, Jesus, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he comes over. He puts his hand on their 
shoulder and looks at them and says, you guys are mistaken. It's neither. This is so. My father's name can be. Can we say amen? amen? Do you see what I'm talking about? See how Jesus just diffused the whole situation? And all he said was like, no, it's neither. It's not. As a matter of fact, it's nobody's fault. You know whose fault it is? It's sin's fault. Okay? All right? God hates the sin, but he loves the Amen? Okay? So he said that to him. He goes, no, 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 no. See, you're mistaken. You have it all wrong. There's another example that I want to give you. Okay? And by the way, that's found in John 9, right? That example, John 9, 3. But there's another one in John 11, 4. And this was considered the greatest miracle that Jesus did. Can anybody tell me what it was? Lazarus. Absolutely. Lazarus. Okay? See, let me tell you what one has to do with the other. And I'm getting a little bit off topic here. But I need, I feel or I believe that I need to explain this. What happened with the with the blind man was that the leaders of the time accused the man of lying. This is in, I believe, in the Desire Ages, right? And they said, man, he was, he, that dude wasn't blind. Man, get, they brought his parents in, and they said, hey, listen, all I know is that he's been blind since he was born. But why are you asking us? Why don't you ask him? He's a full-grown man, okay? So then the, they go back to him, and they said, listen, I already told you what happened. Okay, why? You want to be a follower of Jesus as well? You know? And then that's when they accused him of this A, B, and C, and they, they slapped the man up and down because they said, you're a sinner from, from birth because he was blind. Okay? So they accused Jesus of faking, faking the healing. Okay? Two chapters later. Talks to you about Lazarus. So Lazarus is sick. His sisters get word to Jesus. Um, they, he has another one of these powwows with his disciples. And again, they didn't understand. Because they said, well, if, his, if he's sick, he'll get better. He says, no, man. I just, you can't ever come on and say something that's, he just gets a really quick tap on the back of the head. I think at this point, like, listen, he's dead. But this is not for A or B. Again, this is for what? God's name can be glorified. This one's a little different, though. How much time went by? By this time, the body was what? To the point that his own sister said, Lord, do you really want to do this? And you open that tomb and, mm, that's a good, that's not a word, but, mm, yeah, it, 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 it's not going to be pretty. Jesus turns and says, to her, didn't I tell you that, what, I am the direction and the, do you see what I'm saying? So there again, he waited four days because at that point, the body had already begun to 
decomposed. So they couldn't turn around and say to Jesus, man, this is freak. You freaking this. This is, ain't real. This is fugazi, like we used to say in Brooklyn. It's not real. Right? So there he was. The smell went away. I opened the tomb. And everybody, when they pulled that rock, they smelled it. They smelled it. They just didn't see it. They smelled it. And they saw the man come forward. So at that point, they could not, could not deny that Jesus had power. A lot of them understood that he was the Messiah. But they did not want to admit it in public. Okay? And at that point, at that time, that was the point of no return for Jesus. There was no returning back from his ministry once he did that. At this point, that's when they started plotting to kill him. And they plotted to kill Lazarus as well because he was a witness to what he had done. Okay? Yeah, you, you know what? You, you don't, don't get rid of Jesus and leave the evidence. You've got to get rid of the evidence as well. Okay? So, again, here it is. When we equate goodness, God's goodness, to our prosperity, in other words, God is good if things are good. Goodness is an inherent, built-in, deep-rooted quality of God. What does that mean? God's goodness is not determined by our prosperity. So whether we're doing good or whether we're doing bad, that doesn't have anything to do with God's goodness. He's good no matter what. What is it? God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. Amen. Okay? This is still part of two. We equate sin with the lack of prosperity, which is the opposite of what we just finished talking about. If something good is happening to you, then God is blessing you. If something bad is happening to you, then God is what? Cursing you. So at the end of the day, and, and here's the problem with this. Here's the problem. At the end of the day, okay, everything centers around you, around me instead of God. Do you see the problem? That's why it, it, it doesn't work that way. It cannot work that way. Okay, an example of that is a lady with cancer. Okay, uh, I, I, I need to say this. This was uh, a Sabbath school Bible study that someone did about 10 or 15 years ago, and I thought it was a good idea to make it as a presentation. Okay? Somebody is diagnosed with cancer, Right? Right away, someone can say, like, you know, the reason why that's happening to you is because God is about punishing you, okay? Or because you have an unrepented sin that God is holding against you. And could you imagine going and telling somebody something like that? Somebody that's sick, somebody that's going through, through some rough times. You know what I'm saying? We equate God's goodness with our prosperity. We equate God's displeasure when something has happened to us. As if God has something against us. Brothers and sisters, God is not trying to keep us out of heaven. He's trying to get us in. Okay? Three, these things are not helpful. Number three, what things not to say? What things not to say? I know why this is happening to you. I mean, you know what I'm saying right away? Yo, listen, I feel you. You know, 
No, you don't. No, you don't. Okay? Okay? Here. A mother who has lost her baby after full term. Do you know how difficult that is? I, I, I remember, I don't remember if it was someone that we knew or heard it in the news that at the seventh month period, something happened with the baby and the baby was stillborn. She had to carry the full term knowing and understanding that when she gave birth to the baby, the baby was going to be dead. That's a really tough thing for somebody to go through, okay? And what happens is when we talk to somebody and we tell somebody, you know, God is punishing you or that's because you've done something wrong, instead of pulling that person closer to God, what they wind up doing is they want, you wind up pushing them away and they wind up rejecting God. Do you see what I'm saying? The other thing is I know exactly what you're going through. That's a lie. Because every single situation is different. Okay, let's just take, for instance, a, 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 a young person who doesn't have a father, a father figure. A lot of things could happen. Okay, it could be this, it could be that. The, the person may not grow up correctly. He still might. He might not. So you don't know exactly what's going to happen because this is different for everybody. Okay? He may have another support system besides the father, and they may be able to get him through where others don't. Okay? Okay? I know how to get you out of this. Guess again. Okay? All we can do is what? Connect them with God. Believe it or not, that's all we're supposed to do. That's all we're supposed to do. We might get answers to why. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. We don't know how they feel. We may not even know how to lift them up, you know? And these are all things that we need to understand, and then we need to process before we open our mouths, okay? Instead of talking, let's just what? But no, 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 no. Let's just listen what? More, okay? Because sometimes we do a little listening and stuff like that, but like kids... They don't process the information, and we want to jump off and tell them what they need to do, and we're trying to fix it like the man does. Right away, my wife was frank. I just want you to listen to me. And that's really hard to do. You know what I do? I go get some water, and I put it in my mouth, and I won't swallow it. You know why, right? It's really difficult for me to talk when I have something in my mouth. Okay? I have no idea why this is happening to you. But I want you to know that I am here for you. And then you look at them and you look at somebody that I haven't met with. And you look at them and you say, okay. Because it's really important to get affirmation from them. It's not just you sharing the information with them. It's getting them to understand you and that you're on the same level. Okay. That they're getting what you're telling them. Okay, even though it's not really coming from you, it's coming from, from God. Okay, but you say, okay, okay. Like, for instance, do you know that when you apologize to somebody, it's not enough for you to say you're sorry? Do you know that? You have to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Or I, I, I hope and pray that one day 
you can forgive me. That's really important because just saying you're sorry is only part of it. You've got to finish up with the rest of it, okay? I've gone through some stuff, not exactly like yours, and I can't understand your pain. I can't, cannot, but I just want to be there for you. I want to encourage you through all this and tell you that God loves you. There is a purpose for your life. Sometimes we figure it out here. Sometimes we figure it out there. Okay? Let's not give bad answers to difficult questions. Let's not tell people that the reason why something happens is because they have some hidden sin. Only God knows the heart. Okay? Now, look, we were talking about this earlier. And I, I wanted to use this example. We're almost done. I wanted to use this example because I want you to be aware of this, okay, on a prayer meeting. You have prayer meeting on Wednesday nights? Okay. I want you to be aware of this. And I want you, I want you guys to be really, really careful with this, okay? Because sometimes we get up and we say, oh, God is so good. He let me find my keys. Like if God is not good, if you wouldn't have found your keys. We need to be really careful with that. Because we could be sending a bad message to those that are there. Because remember, they may have asked God for something, and they may have not gotten an answer to their prayer. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, we need to be very sensitive in saying, you know, God, God, thank you because you allowed me to find your keys, my keys. But if I wouldn't have found the keys, glory to God anyway. Do you see what I'm saying? So then that way it goes both ways. The door swings both ways. So then that way, instead of you pushing back on someone, you're encouraging them. Because they go, you know what? God has, hasn't answered my prayer. But that doesn't mean that he's not listening and that he's not going to answer it. Okay? You give them what? You give them Okay, and that's something that we need to share with those around us. We need to share that hope with them because that's why God said, you know what, we all have a job to do. And that job is to go out and tell the world of me, of the good things that I've done in your life. He doesn't want us to hold it to ourselves. He wants us to share it. And that's how you share it. Okay, so he is so good regardless, A or B, okay, God is good no matter what, okay? And then here's another thing. Do you know who Kenneth Cox is? Yes. Kenneth Cox has this sermon. You can go online. How do you know how to know God's will for your life? Look it up. You want to know God's will? You want to understand God's will? Okay, I encourage you to look it up. How to know God's will for your life. Kenneth Cox, I'm telling you will not be disappointed, okay? Taste and see that the Lord is good, amen. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him, okay? Psalm 34, 8. The goodness of God is not determined by what happens in our lives. Be thankful for his nose and just trust in him. Trust in his goodness. Now, I couldn't do this without having at least one spirit of prophecy quote. And Friday night, 
God gave this one to me. Okay, I'm going to show it to you right now. Why me? Because God what? And here's the other thing. He wants to do what? He wants to help us. We need to remember that. We need to share that with other people. Here's the quote. Okay? Here's the quote. It says, when you need help, go to him who alone is able to take away your sins. No human being can do this work. Then why do you appeal to men for wisdom? I have seen persons in trouble who, instead of looking to Jesus, kept looking at their trouble, kept talking about their discouragements, and kept dwelling upon their trials. Why did they not comply with the invitation of Jesus? Why did they not come to who? Him. Okay? It was because they had a divided heart. But God wants to what? The whole heart. When we are in trials and sadness, we must look to Jesus. We must take our sorrows to the Lord in prayer. For he has said, ask, seek, and knock. We have a precious Savior, and he knows our trials before we present them before him. He loves us with a love that is infinite, and he will do for us all he has promised to do. This is found in Signs of the Times. We need not walk in darkness. We need not go on in uncertainty. We are willing to believe that our friends tell us. Or we are willing to believe what our friends tell us, right? Then why not believe the word of our best friend? What was the name of the opening song? Jesus is all the world to me. He's my what? Friend. My life. But he's our friend, right? Why not take God at his word? Why not come and find rest? Upon our souls. I believe the, um, the hymn also says that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay? According to the invitation and promise of Jesus. Signs of the Times. January 19, 1992. I was just checking to see you were paying attention. <laughs> that sounds like a, a well-said Frank Thing. And I'm talking about me, okay? Now, I want to say this really quick. It says, if we take our Heavenly Father at His word, we need not ask why. The answer has been provided. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Bank on it. This is the richest investment for the soul. Okay? Now, remember that I said, did God answer Job's question? Okay? Did he? Okay. He gave the solution. Very good. Now, you said yes. Okay? Can you elaborate? Can you elaborate? How did he? How, first, you said yes. Does everybody agree with yes? yes? Okay. Who doesn't agree? Okay. He answered it with a question. Yes. I think for the most part, we all understand that, right? But I want to go a little further. I want to go a little deeper. Okay. Did he answer his question? Okay. How? By exposing Job's 
by, by exposing to him who God was. Right? Anybody else? Go ahead. He makes Break it. He makes inferences. Uh huh. He puts it out there. He says it, but he puts it out there for you to think and for you to put it all together so that you are able to find God for yourself. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Anyone else? Very good. You get an A plus, brother. <laughs> he reminded Joel. Ooh, I like that. He reminded. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyone else? Anyone else? There are no wrong answers here. No wrong answers here. Anyone else? Before I give you my answer. Okay. Anyone else? My wife read it when she said, where were you? Where were you? Listen, when I created all this, were you even here? You see all this, right? And listen, if you look around, especially out here, I like it out here. I used to do a route out here a long time ago, and I used to drive by the church all the time, didn't even know it was here. And obviously that sign out there didn't mean a thing to me because obviously I can't read because I should have been able to see the sign, you know what I'm saying? Okay, but it's really nice out here. It's country. And even out here you can still see, you know, God's workmanship, even though it's not the way it was when he first created it, you know what I'm saying? You can still see it. So all Job had to do was just look around. See everything that was there? He says, where were you? When I created the heavens and the earth. When I laid the foundation, you know? So yes, God did answer his question. But he, it wasn't just words. It was deeds. It was action. What you got? Mm-hmm. Very good. So, in not so many words, the creator of everything as we know it turns to Job and says, bro, open your eyes. Look around. Okay? Look around. Look at everything that you see and everything that you know. I created all this. I am the solution. Okay, all you have to do is look to me. And if you allow me to work for you in my time, I will provide for you exactly what you need. Because God doesn't give us what we want. He gives us what we need. Okay, and that's why I said that we need to process the information that we get. Because if we quickly jump back and try to answer, we may miss that. We need to let the cards turn a little bit. And maybe ask us, Lord, how do I answer this question? Or should I answer at all? I'm, I'm thinking 
Because remember, in the end, that's what it was all about. It's all about giving glory to God, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Because remember, if we only give glory to God while things are going good, I don't know. That sounds unfinished. You know, it's not complete. Okay? But if we allow God to lead in our lives when things are not going well, then you know what? God is going to prepare us for whatever comes. And we're heading into some tough times, wouldn't you say? Yes. And we need to be ready, wouldn't you say? Amen. Now, the only way that we're going to be ready is that we allow God to lead in our lives and give our over to him. Amen. Do we all agree? Amen. Let the congregation say amen. amen. So I just want to ask God to bless you all, okay, and I want to thank God for his word, and please, let's look to God. What is it? He's the author and finisher of our faith. Amen.